Hi, friends. Welcome to Encouraged and Equipped. On this podcast, we introduce you to the women of Christ Chapel Bible Church. We share our stories to encourage and equip each other to live out our faith in Jesus. We are so glad you're here. One of the sweetest things the Lord gives Christians is a new identity, an identity in Christ. We get to exchange our shame for freedom, darkness for light, and so much more. In this episode, Danielle Fuquay and Kendall Reed join me to talk about ways they used to view themselves and how embracing their identity in Christ has quite literally changed their lives. Here's our conversation. Hi, I'm Kathy, and I get to be here today with my friends Kendall and Danielle, and we are going to talk about identity in Christ. We all have a tendency to look at ourselves and define ourselves and identify ourselves a certain way. And while that is not necessarily all bad, there is a rich, beautiful identity we have in Christ that is way better than some of the things that we identify ourselves with. I'd love to tell you a little bit about these two friends. Uh, Danielle has two great boys. She is a teacher and she and her husband have been at Crush Temple about 14 years. She is widely known as one of the kindest people you will ever meet. Don't make me cry. Oh. <laughs> I also found out, Danielle, recently, and I'm going to ask you to do this after Uh-oh. we stop recording, that you are a great road trip singing partner. Oh, no. Including rap. <laughs> so I'm not going to make you do it on the episode. Oh, my goodness. But everyone feel free to ask Danielle about that. And mm-hmm. after we're done... <laughs> Secret things to know. Now, Kendall is one of the most multi-talented people that I have ever met. From music, she was a full-time athlete, social media influencer. She's getting her master's degree. Apparently, obsessively washes her car. Things I've learned about her. (laughs) And uh, she probably most importantly is a dog mom. And I've heard that you speak to your dog as if you're talking to like Frozen, like Kristoff. Oh, no. <laughs> See, so now we have something that I can find out about Kindle later. So <laughs> these are the wonderful women that I am going to get to talk with for a little bit about our identity in Christ now that I've made them laugh. I uh, would love maybe just to start it off if you might be willing to share what, as you look back on your life, when you think about identity in Christ, what are ways that you maybe did identify yourself or wrestled with that? And then how have you kind of grown in being able to identify yourself in Christ? Yeah, um, I think that's a great question. Um, I was thinking about just thinking about identity the last few weeks. And honestly, I didn't really have a context for identity in Christ most of my life. I became a believer when I was nine. I truly believe like I trusted in the Lord, but... I always say maybe I wasn't paying attention when people are talking about identity in Christ, but I don't remember hearing about it until my 20s. And so I was thinking back on my life and kind of where um, I placed my identity outside of Christ. And two two different seasons, or kind of the same seasons, honestly, came to mind, where I think I was placing my identity in two different things. Um, And I would say... Um, Kathy, you mentioned that I was a full-time athlete. And so I um, was an athlete for about eight years, um, trained full-time. I Then I started sharing my journey as an athlete on social media. Um, and it became really fun. Um, and I got to kind of control this identity that I shared with the world. Um, and I started sharing an identity that seemed perfect. Like I didn't like to show any flaws. Um 
And people started DMing me and saying, you're so perfect. And I would get so anxious when they would say that because I'm like, oh, if they think that, then I can never show anything that shows I'm not perfect. Um, But I also idolized this identity of being an athlete um, and, you know, putting my life out there on social media. And I didn't know how to ever live without that. It kind of just became so much of who I was. Um, But I think at the same time, I would say I had a a battle of the identities, if you will. And so I had this other identity that no one knew that I was stuck in. And I thought that if I ever shared my brokenness, that people would say, well, you're not perfect. And I couldn't handle that. And so I lived in this identity from someone who um, was sexually abused and then later in life struggled with pornography and just struggled with so much anxiety and shame. And I didn't ever know how to bring that forward. So I just lived in, well, I'm a person who is broken. I'm a person who is hurt. Um, I'm a person who has so much sin that no one would accept me, especially God. And so I just lived in that identity while I pushed forward this perfect identity on social media. So I think for so long, those were the two identities that I lived in and kind of came to a crossroads one day before I ever had any idea what an identity in Christ looked like. Yeah. Thank you so much for sharing that. I think it's powerful that you talked about almost a public identity and a private identity and one that kind of made you feel successful or good in some ways, and then one that maybe had some shame or brokenness attached to it. And I think we can all relate to both the public and the private, as well as maybe some things we're proud of in the way we identify ourselves, and yet even Mm -hmm. the proud parts were challenging for you. And certainly those painful parts. So thank you for sharing that. I love getting to hear that from you, Kendall, because I can relate on some of those things about just kind of feeling stuck and believing a lot of lies about myself. And if we like go way back to the way, way back, (laughs) unfortunately, to the like late high school, early college version of me, I really wrestled with identity big time. And I think it's because you you had said something, Kendall, about like you grew up in the church, grew up, accepted Jesus at a young age. I did too. And I think we don't really um, come to terms with what God says about us and who we are until we're kind of met with our sin struggle and like met with, okay, I'm not actually... <laughs> as good in and of myself as maybe I thought I was. And then there's kind of like a crossroads. And that's kind of how it was for me. Like, um, I think growing up, you just know your natural identity, you know, just naturally, like what you're good at, what you're bad at, strengths and weaknesses, your abilities, natural giftings, your reputation, people telling you who you are. Um, And you let those things define you just naturally. And that's not a bad thing. That's how we all grow up, you know? Um, but during that little season of my life, I really feel like I was faced with, um, my sin nature, Mm -hmm. um, where I just was stuck, like you said, in some, um, really unhealthy patterns and a really unhealthy relationship in high school, um, that then when, um, that kind of hit me, then I just let my sin nature define who I was and, um, we have an enemy, and he was all about that. Um, and so he just convinced me that I was ruined, um, and I believed it, um, that I would never have the life that I wanted or that I was stuck and I would never change. 
And I think because I was just so um, down on myself, he just piled that on. And then I, I was totally letting all of those lies um, define who I was. Um, and I think I obviously didn't understand the gospel that, you know, Christ died for me while I was a sinner, that I didn't have to get all cleaned up or have a perfect record before he could um, love me. I didn't have to earn it. Um, but, and I was obviously very self-centered because I was like, oh, my life is ruined. I, I will never get this. I will never get that. But I don't think it was until I finally realized the truth of who God is towards me that it changed my identity. Um, and for me, that was really having to, con- I was confessing to God all the time. I was like in my bedroom as like a 17-year-old crying out to him saying, I'm sorry, God, I know I've messed up. I've sinned against you. Um, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. But I didn't really have the tools um, for what to do next. I didn't really understand true repentance. And I think um, recognizing that I needed to repent, I needed to walk away, I needed to confess my sins to other believers who could um, shore me up with the truth, um, then then I could say, okay, God defines me, not my sin. And so for me, it was um, when I confessed to other people and finally like came out of this like stuck and hidden place um, when people spoke the truth over me. And it was like, wait, what? I'm not defined by my sin because people literally said when I confessed to them, that's not who you are. That is not who you are. That does not define you. And it was one of like the sweetest moments of my life because I had a lot of um, care for this other person and, and thought they would walk away from me, thought that they wouldn't want to be my friend anymore. Um, and it was completely opposite, but it was because they knew who they were in Christ and then they spoke it to me, and that was just a beautiful thing. And it w- and it's not just like a flip that switched, you know, but we have to keep remembering who we are. Mm-hmm. Danielle, I love that you were talking about um, confessing your sins and just bringing that to someone and just even bringing that to God. Because um, I know for me, I felt s- for so long I couldn't be honest with God, which— mm. I think in a way it was me saying I'm more powerful than him, which is a total lie, but that's how I was living. I was like, God can't handle this, or Mm -hmm. God just sees me as I see myself, which is I didn't see myself as worth anything, Mm -hmm. Um, and so broken. And and so, but I remember the first time that I ever told someone my whole story, Um, and it really which our process over weeks, weeks and weeks. And I remember them looking me in the eye and saying, do you understand that Jesus did not just die for your sin, but he also died for the shame that mm-hmm. you're carrying? And I, I said, no, I didn't. I had no idea. And I remember like thinking that and processing that. Um, and then we continued just walking through all of just this, or all these burdens that I'd been carrying for so long and realizing that does not define me because yeah. of what Jesus accomplished on the cross. And I, the first time I ever, like, that sank in and I stood up 
and walked out of the room that we were sitting in, I remember physically feeling lighter because all of a sudden I was like, I am not in charge of my identity. Christ is. And because of what he did, I could never earn the forgiveness that he gives me. But because of his grace and his love, we get to walk in that identity if That's we have so our faith beautiful. in him. Um, and but it all that all goes back to that moment where you you know what what flipped for you for me that was someone saying Jesus cares about everything that happened but he cares so much that he died to redeem all of that um, and so it was just amazing to be able to walk in the identity that a God that loves me so much wants to forgive me. Um, and walk alongside me, um, despite what I've done. It was I, I don't even know if I can articulate it well enough, but um, it was so incredible to just sit in that reality, and that changed. It's changed the trajectory of my life completely. It's so beautiful. God is so good. He really <laughs> like is. Cry. He yeah. really is. I love that. As you've both kind of shared some of the things you identified yourself with that were um, not— identities that Christ has given you, Mm -hmm. what are some of the things that maybe are the truths or identifiers that you either run back to now or that are really significant? Like what specifically did those people speak into your life Mm -hmm. or those scriptures that are, that you have learned or are learning to define yourself by? Yeah. um, I think, you know, to come, once I knew the truth, then I could combat those lies. So you know, feeling like I'm stuck and I'll never change, realizing that, like, God's going to work in me and He um, is going to give me peace and freedom and lasting joy, that He's in control of my life and that He's good, Um, that His grace for me is deep and it doesn't run out. Um, Because, like I said earlier, it wasn't just this flip that switched, but this repentance is a daily thing. This It's remembering and repenting, really, remembering who I am. And so um, being able to um, take time to read God's Word and really know um, and have those truths ready so that I can combat lies, because I still will fall into those traps, you know? Um I think when I think about identity in Christ, one of the most freeing truths um, for me is in John 15, where it's talking about abiding, which I love, and all of my friends will tell you I love um, John 15 so much. Um, It was really a pivotal chapter in the Bible for me um, in my life. But there's a verse in John 15 where Jesus says, you can do nothing apart from me. And it kind of sounds like a downer, you know, <laughs> like, well, but well, but what about this or that? But there's just this freedom in knowing that um, I'm connected to Him, like I belong to Him, um, and that even my best efforts, even my strengths, my abilities um, don't really get me anywhere without Him. I think it's a freeing thing. Um, he's my portion, my strength, my source, like all of those truths, I think, keep me going and keep me rooted in um, my identity in Christ. I will say that I, and this is a true story, I was driving in this morning and it felt like a hard morning to Mm. me already. And 
literally because I've heard you say before that one of your key identifiers that's encouraging to you is I can do nothing apart from you, meaning Christ, do nothing apart from Christ. And I had that feeling this morning of I have nothing to bring to the table. It was just one of those mornings. And literally driving in, I was like, remember what Danielle said? Not that you said it first, but Jesus (laughs) said it first. (laughs) You quoted him. (laughs) You reminded me of that. And it was like, okay, that, that was incredibly hopeful for me Mm, this morning. It was like, okay, I really needed that reminder. And it's interesting that something that might seem discouraging really wasn't. It was really transformational for me this morning. So thank you for that. Oh, I love that. And we know that he's going to come through, you know, Yes. when we surrender and say, I can't do this. I need you. And he wants us to be needy. So I love, Mm -hmm. I love that. Mm -hmm. I need that reminder all the time too. Yeah. Kendall, what about you? What are some of the things that, in an encouraging way, are those identifiers that you walk in? I don't know if you remember this, but before, one time I asked you, I said, what is identity in Christ? And you said, once I was dead and now I'm alive. Mm-hmm. And so I know that's at least one of them because you said it to me. <laughs> but what are some of the identifiers or things that you run back to in a positive way that are your identity in Christ things that remind you of what he's given to you or how he defines you? Yeah, um, I always try to start with, okay, I have identity in Christ, so who is Christ? And then even go, like, who is God? Um, And so I like to just start with who God is. Mm -hmm. And so I'll just list out everything that comes to mind. And honestly, the list changes every time, kind of depending on where I'm at. Um, And the I believe the Holy Spirit's so sweet to to bring scriptures to mind and just um, that show me that those, um, the characteristics of God are true. And so I always start there with, okay, my identity is in Christ. Who is Christ? And so I just walk through, um, all of those. Um, and that's been a really sweet thing for me, whether, you know, I start, um, struggling with anxiety or I'm really frustrated or honestly in any situation that has become like just such a staple for me. Um, and then from that, I just start listing out, okay, because this is true of Christ, what is true of me because of who he says I am? Um, and that is, oh, sometimes it's hard to say because I don't want to believe it. I, I think sometimes it's still easy to get wrapped up and like, okay, the Bible says this, but is that really true of me? And Christ says it is. Um, and it's been, it's really, really sweet. And for me, I think it opens up like, oh, I'm I'm struggling with this. I don't believe, um, you know, Christ says that I am forgiven or, you know, whatever it is that day. Or even like God says that he will provide. And do I believe that every day? And how do I live out that identity every day? Um, and so I think those are my like go-to um things when I am questioning my identity or just um, really just normally it comes out in anxiety, I would say. <laughs> um, those are my main things for sure. That sounds like a good exercise to like journal or like write out, even if it was like, here's how I'm feeling. And then sometimes you got to tell your feelings what's up <laughs> with <Yes>. the truth, <laughs> of, the truth so of scripture. Good. Listen up. <laughs> this is what uh-huh. the Bible says. This is what yeah. God says. But to say, this is how I'm feeling, or this is what's worrying me, or this is where I feel stuck. And then say, okay, God, like, I know this about you. So this means, like, I know that you are patient and that your love never fails. So I know that I can rest knowing that you're working 
in this, that you're not giving up on me or something like that. I, I'm a big like writer mm-hmm. of things. So I immediately was like, ooh, I'm going to do that later. <laughs> I'm going to get my journal <laughs> and I'm going to get my pen and go to town. Yeah. I love that you said, um, I start with like where I'm feeling this. Cause I think too, um, Danielle, you talked a lot about lies that we believe Mm in. Um, you can even start there, like trying to identify, is there a lie I'm believing Mm -hmm. that's not true of what God says. And so, um, I think that's so sweet because I think that's, one of the main tactics that Satan tries on us is like, I'm going to make you believe something that's not true, but you're going to believe it so much that you're going to have a hard time distinguishing between a truth and a lie. Mm-hmm. But be, God is so much stronger than the enemy that he gives us his word and his spirit to be able to discern the truth from the lie. And I think that's the sweetest thing is when, you know, from praying or even asking just a trusted friend, you know, talking through a situation and they might call me out and say, are you believing a lie right now? Like, that's not truth. What you just said is not truth. And it kind of takes me back and like, you're right. Um, That is not what scripture says. That is not who God says that I am. I love that for both of us, when we were sharing a little bit about our stories, that we had people who um, really spoke the truth to us, and that was so pivotal. And I was, when I was thinking about identity in Christ, I just immediately thought of um, 2 Corinthians 5. I think it's, let me look at my Bible here, Um, 14 through 21 or so. I won't read it all, but um, in that, In that section, it talks about, it says, therefore, in verse 17, therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he's a new creation. And that's what we're talking about. Um, The old has passed away. Behold, the new has come. And then it goes on to say um, that Christ reconciles us to him. That's why he died, to reconcile us to him. But then he gives us the ministry of reconciliation. So great. And so then what he does for us isn't just meant for us to hold on to um, and to kind of hoard all of these good things. But then we go out and we are the speakers of truth into the next people who need it. And it's just sweet to see that kind of cyclical pattern because it wasn't like, oh, Christ died for you just so that you could go to heaven and be happy. Like, yes, um, he's going to restore and redeem everything. Um, but while we're waiting for that full, complete restoration, we have this ministry to each other to reconcile, to help reconcile other people to Jesus. And um, I think that's convicting, <laughs> you know, that I'm really seeing those opportunities and speaking truth and life into other people. Um and it's really sweet, too, that we get to share in that with each other. I know that you've, as we, as you were talking about that, on the one hand, it is the greatest joy to get to do that. And yet on the other hand, sometimes speaking truth into other people or sharing truth can be difficult. Mm-hmm. And to be honest, even as Kendall, I quoted, Kendall, once dead, now alive. Like the dying process, the yeah. work of living out of your identity. And even what some of those identifiers are, they are freeing in a sense, but they are 
challenging. And so I'd love to follow up with you on, I know we've talked about how great the identity in crisis and it is freeing. And I know both of you wouldn't trade it for the world, nor would I, Mm -hmm. but I don't want to make it sound like you just woke up one day and here's this great identity and you put it on and you never wrestle and it's super easy and everything God asks you to do just feels wonderful. Point two seconds after you try it. (laughs) (laughs) If that's your experience, (laughs) I want your recipe, but I don't think it is. So talk to me about a little bit of the real life joy and challenge of living that out. For sure. Well, yeah, if you look all through Paul's epistles, his letters to the churches in the New Testament, he is, he's amazing. Um, But he says some really hard stuff that we apply to our own lives. Um, Galatians 2.20 is one of my favorite verses. Um, It says that we've been crucified with Christ. It's no longer I who live, but Christ that lives within me. And then it says, um, the life that I now live, I um, live in faith because of Jesus, I'm paraphrasing here, um, who loved me and gave himself up for me. And that's like, wait, what? I've been crucified with Christ. That's huge. That's not easy. That's hard. Um, And it means that we don't get to run the show. Like we don't (laughs) get to just give ourselves to God, I mean, and not let Him define us. We have to approach Him um, ready to surrender um, who we are and what we desire. And when we die to ourselves or we're crucified with Christ, it doesn't mean that we stop desiring things. It just means that we reorient those desires to Jesus and to crave the things of God, which isn't easy. <laughs> and um, it's super countercultural. It's very countercultural. It really is, because especially in this day, like, you do you, you be who you want, whoever you choose to be, you be who you want to be. Um, the world would say it's so foolish um, to let other uh, somebody else define you or to let somebody kind of stand in your way of doing whatever you want. Or, um, you know, they would say, like, just live for whatever makes you happy. And, yes, God gives us immense joy, but there can be sorrow and suffering in the pursuit of God. Um, And so I think that makes it hard, just being like (laughs) making choices that are just against the tide of the world. Um, And that's one one of the ways that it's hard for me is that it just is so backwards from maybe what everybody else is doing. And there are times, and I think – that it's really hard in the moment. And yet we all have already shared there were seasons when we did exactly what we wanted that we thought would make us happy and then it didn't make us happy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and so even that thing that feels super hard in the moment and is, is not, is the way to freedom, even yeah. though in the moment it may not seem like that. Mm-hmm. And so it's to keep fighting with what God says is true and experiencing the benefit along the way rather than maybe even taking the easy way out or running back to something that has been painful in our past. So Kendall, tell me a little bit about what does, okay, so now you've not perfectly, but are living in this identity, like what changes? Like you have a decision to make. What what are you going to 
do with this new identity? What does that look like for you? Yeah, so practically, going back just to my story and when I have my crossroads of identity, um, uh, I guess my identity crisis, if you will, (laughs) Um, but I... Once I learned that Jesus died for my sin and shame, I was like, oh, yeah, I do not want the identity of someone who is broken, someone who is full of shame. Um, I am all on board for Jesus giving me a new identity in that. But what I didn't see coming was um, that my career was so wrapped up in my identity. Like I held on to that so tightly to the point I would say I idolized it. Um, I didn't know who I really was apart from being an athlete. Um, and so for me, that being walking, walking obediently, um, and living out my faith or my identity in Christ, um, was giving up that career was just, just take a step back from that. Um, and it was really hard, (laughs) honestly, um, because when I did that, I had people really close to me say like, I don't know who you are anymore. And I was like, I don't know if I do either um, for a minute. And it made me panic. Like I did something wrong. Um, But that's how I know that I do have an identity in Christ because it was just that that second. And then all of a sudden I was able to say, you know what? That's a great point. And let me tell you why I'm doing this and who Jesus is. Mm -hmm. Um, And so I got to have a lot of sweet conversations. And honestly, some people to this day still don't understand and that's okay, and we can keep talking about it. Um, but and I, I don't want anyone to hear that to live out your identity in Christ that you should quit your career, or quit your job. That's not what I'm saying. But for me, for my story, for what the Lord is doing in, in my heart, in my life, that was the obedient thing: um, is to walk away from something that I had used to define myself for so long and live obediently for Christ and. I didn't know what that was going to mean practically, um, but that, you know, it's looked like over the years just saying yes to some things. I didn't have any idea, you know, if it's getting my master's degree or a different job and different things like that. And so it has looked so different than what I thought it would be, but it's been so much sweeter um, than trying to create my identity on my own. I really admire that you did something so big and brave and hard um, because it just shows how much Jesus is worth it, um, that you had to lay down those things. I just want to give you a little pat on the back for that (laughs) Um, because that's that's big and it just shows your heart um, and how much you value God. I think one of the other things that makes it so hard to continue to um, live out our identity in Christ, even though it's so sweet and it's so freeing, is that we just forget. Mm-hmm. Like we are quick to forget. Um, if you read the Bible, God's people, <laughs> the Israelites, are constantly forgetting, forgetting, forgetting over and over, and God is constantly showing up. And that happens with us. He's um, we have His Word that's available to us, but do I read it as much as I would hope to? No, I I ch- choose things that aren't always the best way to rest and refuel. I might choose to veg out and watch episodes of whatever um, instead of you know listening to that voice that's saying like, "Come meet with me." 
I might be like, oh, yeah, later. And that happens, and that's just part of life. Um, But I think setting up reminders for ourselves, setting up habitual things that we can practice to to remind ourselves who we are in Christ because we need all the reminders that we can get. Um, and I think what's encouraging is that it isn't all up to us to remember everything. You know, we've got the truth of the scripture that we can open up daily, but we also have the spirit. So grateful. When, yeah, yeah, when we are... When we are made new, we are made new by this regeneration of being given the Spirit of God, and then we can tap into that, and the Spirit nudges us and helps us remember, and I think that is just a huge gift. And so I think, I don't know where it is in Scripture, but there's it talks about, um, you know, if we, if we sow into the flesh, we reap corruption or we reap things that are death and not good for us. But if we sow to the spirit, if we if yes. we walk with the spirit, then we reap things that are eternal and life-giving. Absolutely. Yeah, Danielle, I love that you said eternal because it makes me think like what we're living out this identity in Christ, but like what's the point and mm. what's the purpose of it? I think I forget that so much. And um a scripture that has just been so um, important for me to remember is um, in Philippians 3, and um, Paul is just talking about um, he has so much to like claim as far as success, but also in failures, and um, he's done all of the right things, but then he actually realized he was like the chief of sinners. So he's like, he's got both titles, and he's like, <laughs> but none of that means anything because of what Jesus accomplished. And because of that, he, no matter what was in his past, both successes and failures, he's living for Christ because of what's to come. And that is eternity with God. And that, like, that's the whole point that we live this life that's different from the world, that um, that people are like, why are you giving that up? Or why do you do this? Or why do you do that? Um, it's because there's something there's something better coming mm-hmm. that's not here yet, and that um, is eternity with God, something that we do not deserve, that we do not earn, but He loves us so much that He wants us to have eternal life with Him in a place that is perfect, um, and that is paradise. And so that is what I have to constantly remember. Like, this world is not it. This is not the finish line. Um, there is something greater coming. Mm, I love that. I love that. As we begin to close, I would love to just give each of you an opportunity for a final thought or reminder that you would love to share or something that was powerful for you that maybe you just want to reiterate or you haven't gotten to mention yet, just as a final encouragement to those who are listening. Yeah. Oh, my goodness. I feel like I could talk about this forever, but um, I think what I needed to hear was that um, your sin doesn't define you. And so um, to speak that over whoever (laughs) might listen to this, um, that you are not your sin, that we all are sinners, but that is not what defines you. And and Christ died um, so that we might... Um, surrender to his 
goodness and his plan for us um, and to be yoked with him and to be in step with him and walk with him so that we could give over our burdens to him um, because he loves us so much. Um, I think knowing that really trusting that and believing that is such a game changer. Um, it, and, and knowing that truth is really what sets us free. Um, and that then we just continue to preach that same truth to ourselves every single day, maybe daily, maybe moment by moment, but, um, just knowing God's truth, opening up your Bible and, um, looking to see what he says about you read Ephesians and Galatians and Philippians. They're all just full of, um, these identifiers of why Christ died for you and, um, and what that means for you. Mm, That's great. Yeah. I think, um, as encouragement, I, I would encourage anyone to just sit down and maybe just pray and ask God to show you the areas of your life that you use to define your next steps or your decisions each day. Cause we all have them. Like I, Every single day, there's something that um, I want to define myself as other than um, a child of God and walk in a way other than my identity in Christ. And so just being real with the Lord and being honest and even confessing that um, and just being bold to say, Lord, use this, like show this to me, but don't don't just show it to me. May there be something that a change in me that happens. And um, whether that's, you know, talking to someone, getting a mentor, something like that to help you walk out and live out your identity in Christ. Um, and I think for someone, if you're like, I have no idea what this identity in Christ thing means, maybe we didn't like explain it in a, a way that it's easy to understand. I think as someone, you know, I think um, yeah. we have so many amazing resources just here at Christ Chapel. And, you know, if you don't, if this doesn't make sense, ask someone. Um, but first and foremost, go to God and ask Him just to show you um, who He is and who He says that you are. Thank you both for your vulnerability in uh, sharing about your struggles and your sin and the daily battle that it is, but also in sharing about the freedom and the joy and just the fullness and genuineness of your affection for Christ. It's really encouraging and really beautiful, and I am profoundly grateful. Let me pray. Jesus, you have done so much for us. We are incredibly grateful. We right now all bring to you our identities, our successes, and our failures, and we ask that you would point out the areas that we are stuck in defining ourselves that way, and that you would remind us and show us in the scriptures the truth of who we are, that we would exchange that, that we would live that out. What an amazing Savior you are to give us the gift of a new identity of ones who are loved, who are children of God, who are saved. We are so, so grateful. It's in your name, Jesus, we pray. Amen. Amen.